a KQED HD production. Shirley Barger was enchanted with San Francisco when she moved here more than 40 years ago. But over time, walking through the city she loved became more and more difficult. I just was tired all the time. I had lots of muscle aches, joint pain, and it didn't seem to me I was old enough to have quite that much pain. She was in her early 50s when her doctor told her she had hepatitis C, a diagnosis that sent shockwaves through her life. I completely freaked out for a few days. I had every possible symptom of the late stages, so I was very worried. The fear that accompanies a hepatitis C diagnosis is well-founded. There's no vaccine and no reliable cure. The virus attacks the liver. It's the leading cause of cirrhosis or scarring of the liver and can lead to death. Hepatitis C is the number one cause for patients needing liver transplant. Uh, and along with hepatitis B is the number one cause for patients to develop liver cancer. You can't live without a liver. It's one of the largest organs in the body, serving as a production factory that generates proteins and vital substances to aid blood clotting and digestion. And it's sometimes referred to as our garbage can because it cleanses the body of toxins and bacteria. There are an estimated 160 million people worldwide with hepatitis C, or HCV, four times as many as are infected with HIV, the virus that causes AIDS. In the United States, an estimated four million people have the hepatitis C virus, three times the number who are living with HIV. The disease claims 12,000 American lives every year. It is a huge epidemic and it affects everybody. So it is a, a local as well as a global problem. Hepatitis C is called the silent epidemic because a person can go for decades before symptoms surface. 75% of people with the virus have no idea they're infected. So while the rate of new infections has dropped, Bay Area scientists are racing to find a cure because the number of people showing symptoms and needing medical care is expected to increase dramatically over the next decade. Once they've been diagnosed, many patients, like Alan Franciscus, don't know how they contracted the disease. I have a lot of the risk factors for it. For example, I've, I've had operations since I was um, 13 years old, and we know that prior to 1992 that the blood supply wasn't um, screened. Hepatitis C is spread through blood-to-blood -blood contact. It can be passed from mother to child during birth. Sharing a razor or toothbrush with an infected person or getting tattooed or pierced with unsterilized tools can result in infection. Basically, any exposure to infected blood can put a person at risk. Can you take a deep breath for me? But the most common association with disease exposure is sharing hypodermic needles with an infected person. I think that I contracted hepatitis C in 1969. I can remember three times when I experimented with injectable drugs during that year. And it was a stupid thing to do, but I was 
18 and 19 years old at the time. Initial studies found high rates of hepatitis C among men with HIV, and that led many to assume the virus was passed through sexual activity. But current research shows that sexual transmission of hepatitis C is possible, but rare. To add to the confusion, the symptoms of hepatitis C can be similar to symptoms associated with other illnesses. Prior to being diagnosed, for about two years, I was having some really heavy fatigue, the kind that um, is really debilitating. Are you noticing any swelling of your, your legs or your knees? Fatigue is the most universal of the symptoms, which range from jaundice and slow blood clotting to flu-like symptoms, nausea and rashes. Dr. Todd Frederick follows more than a thousand patients with hepatitis C at the California Pacific Medical Center in San Francisco. They're from all walks of life. These are CEOs of companies who got infected when they were 18 or, you know, homeless people that really are still down and out. While people with hepatitis C cross the spectrum of society, certain populations in the United States are particularly at risk. African Americans have the highest incidence of hepatitis C, followed by Latinos. An estimated 34% of prisoners in the U.S. are infected with the virus. And in some California prisons, it's more than 80%. The majority of Americans afflicted with the disease are baby boomers. Currently, hepatitis C is treated with interferon, a naturally occurring protein that helps the body fight off infection. But the side effects can be unbearable, and the treatments don't work for everyone. African Americans particularly are uh, poor responders to interferon and have a success rate somewhere around 20 to 30 percent, as opposed to Asian patients, which are, which are at the, the top of the spectrum with response rates around 60 percent. While current treatments are often ineffective, researchers say there's great hope for developing medicine to treat and cure the disease without side effects. Dr. Jeffrey Glenn and his team of researchers at the Stanford University School of Medicine are looking for compounds that will prevent the hepatitis C virus from taking over liver cells in order to replicate. The same machinery that we use in our cells, the factory that makes our proteins, is what the virus uses for itself. So it becomes much more challenging to try to develop a strategy against the virus that's going to affect the virus without affecting the host cell. The hepatitis C virus travels through irrigation channels between plates of liver cells. Proteins on the surface of the virus connect with receptors on the surface of the liver cell that allow the virus to enter. Then the virus's genetic material takes over the machinery that a normal liver cell uses to make proteins and makes viral proteins instead. Some of these proteins are used to establish a unique replication structure. This replication platform is not a normal part of our host cell machinery. And so this is a very attractive candidate target for antiviral intervention. If we can disturb the formation of that process, we can hope to destroy the virus replication site, but have less of an effect on the host cell. If the molecular compounds they're developing prove effective in humans, it will be a major breakthrough. 
Meanwhile, groundbreaking research on the relationship between the virus and fatty lipid droplets in the liver is being done by a team led by Dr. Melanie Ott at the Gladstone Institutes, a research center affiliated with the University of California, San Francisco. We study how exactly does the virus or this core protein hijack the lipid droplet or the fat droplet in the cell um, and why. This is the primary um, liver cell. So the red is the fat droplets that we have in cells and the blue that goes around the droplets is the core protein from hepatitis C that coats the droplet. The hepatitis C virus is picky. It only attaches to droplets generated by one specific enzyme. We found that when we block that enzyme, um, we, we basically prevent the core protein from going onto the lipid droplets and that kills the, the replication cycle. While scientists rush to find a cure, patients, healthcare providers, and advocates are working on prevention. Public education efforts are badly needed. Hepatitis C is not talked about very much. There is a stigma attached, and I think that's very unfortunate. Hepatitis C is a disease. It's not a moral judgment. Alan Franciscus runs a small organization, HCV Advocate, based in San Francisco. It receives millions of hits on its website from people looking for information and support. Alan, along with Shirley and Dr. Frederick, are part of the San Francisco Task Force on Hepatitis C, established by Mayor Gavin Newsom in November 2009. They're charged with crafting comprehensive policy and funding recommendations for fighting the epidemic in the city. We know that Hepatitis C is a huge problem in San Francisco. And the hope was that we can come up with an effective plan to deal with um, identification, management, and treatment of hepatitis C. The challenge is daunting, and the fight is woefully underfunded. At the same time, efforts to find a cure are paying off. We have a good chance of working for a treatment that will clear the virus forever. And that, um, for a scientist, is just enormously exciting. <laughs>